What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Get Over Yourself podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you destroy your self-limitations. For everyone who's watching on YouTube, Spotify, or other streaming platforms, as you can see on the video, we got Nick Hutchinson with me. Nick is an avid reader. He has an agency that goes along with that. And for a little bit more detail, he's a visionary force behind Book Thinkers, a thriving seven-figure marketing agency bridging authors and readers. In just over seven years, he has cultivated a platform reaching over 1 million people monthly and hosts the top 2% global podcast, Book Thinkers, life-changing books, featuring interviews with renowned authors like Grant Cardone and Lewis Howes. Nick's platform and services have empowered countless authors to reach millions of readers, diving substantial revenue growth. His services encompass video production, podcast booking, and social media brand building. With a mission to inspire readers to take action, Nick authored Rise of the Reader, delving into mastering reading habits and applying newfound knowledge to unlock potential. So yeah, that's a very, very uh, academic way of looking at Nick, but I'm excited so you guys can actually hear the real source of him. Um, super powerful reader. He has created an amazing company. He's wrote his own book and he's connected to some very awesome people who he's going to dive into inside of today's episode. But Nick, thanks for joining us, man. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Can I ask you the first question today? Yeah, I guess so. This is this is a first, yeah. <laughs> I see some great books behind you. What is the best book that you've read in the last couple of years? In the last couple of years? Um, I mean, the reason why I had you on the show is I actually am a big reader. I don't know if you're going to flame me for this. I like audiobooks a lot. I don't always get the physical copy. Um, you'll, you'll probably not like that. Over the past couple of years, though... I'm rereading Rich Dad, Poor Dad right now if I want to get all into like the business self-improvement realm. Just for like funsies though, I love Living with a Seal by Jesse Itzler. I don't know if you read that one, but it's like yeah. before David Goggins became- I listened became... to that one actually. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. It's super fun. Jesse Itzler, for anyone who doesn't know, he before David Goggins was like the person we all know him as today, um, he saw him at a race and it was like a team marathon or triathlon. Nick, you can correct me. It's been a little bit, but- um, he's at this race and he's got like four other running partners and David's just there by himself. He's not stretching. He's not doing anything. He's just doing like the whole David Goggins mode thing. And, uh, he's like, who is this freak guy? And so he goes and talks to him after ends up hiring him to live with him and his wife for like a month and just put him through absolute hell. And it is like the funniest book It's like the best, like motivational book. It, it's awesome. So I, I'd have to say that. Yeah, two great books. Rich Dad, Poor Dad was the first book that I ever read that got me started on this journey. And so happy to chat more about that at some point. And then Living with a Seal. So I also listened to that book because Jesse narrates it. And uh, we could talk about my love-hate relationship with audiobooks today too, but that's a wonderful book. And Jesse okay. is funny. There's a really good lesson in that book where you sort of ask yourself the question, like, how am I going to feel about this tomorrow? So there's always this opportunity to give up. Let's say you're running four miles, you're three miles in, you want to give up, your leg's hurting. But when you wake up tomorrow morning, which decision would you be more proud of? Giving up and stopping or leaning into the discomfort a little bit more, finishing the run? And so I ask myself that question. And I think about Jesse a lot as a result of it. Um, but anyway, thank you for indulging my curiosity. Two great books. Oh yeah, that's awesome. And I'm trying to see guys, anyone who's watching, I know most of you are just listeners out there, but anyone who's watching, Nick has like the coolest little color coordination going on with his bookshelf. Nick, take a step back real quick. Yeah, there we go. So everyone make sure to watch this episode, but I see a couple purple in there. Is Rich Dad, Poor Dad in there? Oh yeah, definitely. I 
still have the first copy that I read back in 2015. And uh, a bunch of Robert Kiyosaki's other books are in there as Heck well. Yeah. Cashflow Quadrant and nice. all that kind of stuff. Nice. Yeah, I'm just seeing like he's got his rows of red, yellows, blues, purples. And so it's like maybe it's in there. I don't know. Well, cool, dude. Yeah, I'm super excited. Everybody who's going to be listening today, if you guys aren't the strongest readers, Nick is hopefully going to change your mindset on that. Reading, honestly, I was never a big reader when I was growing up. My brother Harrison was. He was a very good reader. I feel like in all the pastimes we had, when I'd be like playing a video game or like doing something random, he'd be reading. I was like, oh, what the heck? And, uh, you know, typically when you're growing up, you think those are kind of like the nerdier folk and whatnot. But I fell in love with reading. Um, and so Nick hopefully can help you guys do the same if you're not big readers. If you are big readers, this is going to be an extra cherry on top for today's conversation. So with that all being said, let's jump into today's episode. So Nick, um, tell us a little bit about where your love for reading came. Because I, I think when we were talking before the show started, you uh, you're kind of in, a, in my boat. You weren't like a huge reader growing up or anything. Right. Yeah, I'm happy to kick off here. So what might surprise anybody, and I know most people are just listening, but like you mentioned, there are a thousand books behind me. What might surprise anybody that could see my background or visualize it is that just like you, I was not much of a reader growing up. I was more of the athlete stereotype, not really much of the academic. So when I was growing up, I wrestled, I played football, I played rec basketball, and those were the things that I focused most of my time on. I loved being in the gym and hanging out with my friends. I did not love homework or studying or sitting in class. And that behavior followed me through college as well until I took an internship going into my senior year of college at a local software company. So it was a sales internship. And where I was staying that summer, I had about an hour commute each way. And my boss at the time, Kyle, the director of sales, I remember him saying one time something like, hey, Nick, listening to the same playlist, the same music on the way into work for the 1000th time, it's not going to get you closer to where you want to be in life. But the right personal development podcast interview might. And so I took him up on the advice. He was a cool guy. He was making a lot of money. I wanted to be like him. He was driving a nice car. And so I started to listen to podcasts. I started to listen to all sorts of nonfiction, personal development, and business style shows. And very quickly, again, because I was driving for 10 plus hours a week, very quickly, I realized that so many of the successful people being interviewed, they were giving at least some credit for their success to the books that they were reading. And so I just kind of had this moment where I realized that if I was deliberately choosing not to read the books, like ignoring the advice of what made successful people successful, then I was also deliberately choosing to live under my own potential. And I was a competitive guy, right? Coming from sports first, but now in business and everything. So I went to my local Barnes and Noble. I grabbed my list of books and I purchased all of them. And Rich Dad, Poor Dad was the first one that I decided to read. So I have not looked back since. I've read about 500 books over the last 10 years, some of them up to 10 times just like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I feel like I've read that eight or 10 times now. <laughs> and uh, I can't get enough of it, man. I love every single thing about this industry. That's awesome. And I'm glad you kind of found your stride in it because I feel like a lot of times people will get the advice. They'll recognize what they need to do, but then they never actually act on it. So you found the person, you found your mentor, right? He, he was somebody you looked up to. He had a good career. He was a good leader. You know, like he had some things that 
you kind of wanted to chase inside of your life. Um, but then, yeah, you, he told you, yeah, let's go listen to this podcast, turn off the playlist for five minutes and let's get it done. And that's exactly what you did. And dude, I can't stress enough in my personal life as well, how impactful it is to sometimes just turn off the music and turn on a good book, good podcast. And I would be the one talking about the podcast here. Right. But, um, it's, it's inspiring. You hear things on there that you wouldn't hear music. I'm all for music. I, 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 there's definitely time and place for that, but there's things you hear inside books, things you hear inside podcasts that you can't replicate unless you hear it in that moment. And, uh, what were some things when you were first getting into reading and, you know, listening to podcasts, listening to audiobooks, that kind of realm that were a little bit more challenging for you and how did you overcome them? Well, when I was entering that season of my life, I had developed a couple of issues in my personal life. One was an ego that I had developed, I think because of sports originally, but I was so competitive, I think sometimes at the expense of the people around me that I wasn't a lot of fun to be around in certain scenarios. Um, so I started to tackle some ego related things when I first got into the world of podcasting and personal development. And one thing you realize when you start to read these books or read about people like David Goggins, who are just so extraordinary, it's a humbling experience. You have to realize that there are people doing extraordinary things, things far more extraordinary than what you're currently doing. And there are entire worlds or areas of improvement that you know nothing about and other people are experts in. So I went from this know-it-all sort of like cocky young 20-something to to like humbled over and over and over every single time I picked up one of these books. So that was one of the struggles that I had to overcome. But then on the other side of the spectrum, I had also developed a lot of insecurity, especially around my ability to communicate. I had some social anxiety, some fear of public speaking, things like that. And so as I got into this sales career, I started to read books about sales and marketing and communication and persuasion and effective communication and everything like that. And I started to work on that skill set. And that was also a hard thing for me to overcome at the time because I just, I had developed a fixed mindset that Nick Hutchison is not an effective communicator. And it took me a lot of work, a lot of reps on the phone and knocking on doors and things like that to overcome my inability to communicate. And so those were some of the things that I started to tackle early on. The other subject, uh, as I alluded to with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, was personal finance and financial literacy. I had not developed any language around those subjects yet. I was a business student. And so when I was at school in finance classes and things like that, anytime that kids started talking about how much money they were going to make after school or the investment clubs that they were participating in or the companies they were interning at, I would shy away from those conversations because I didn't have the language to participate. I just kind of felt like an idiot. And so as I started to read books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I learned the importance of financial literacy and the language to communicate in those conversations, I started to overcome some of those insecurities as well. Now, I've also tackled a hundred other things over the last 10 years, but those were at least three of the things that I started out with. No, that's awesome. And I want to throw this plug in there as well for anybody out there who isn't the strongest reader yet. Or I guess going back to your example, when all of your friends were interning at these awesome companies, you know, they're in this investment club, they're maybe starting a little business here and there. Sometimes you can get that big old imposter syndrome coming over you like, oh gosh, I could never be as cool as these guys. But for all the audience out there, just recognize the difference between you and the person you're looking at 
probably isn't that insurmountable. They maybe have a couple more years on you and expertise. They might have a couple more reps in the gym than you, but in the long run, it's just consistency. So if you could start today and then you could eventually work your way up and up and up and up, it's just consistency. They got there one way. You're going to get there one way. Might take time, but it's going to happen. And so yeah. Nick, um, it sounds like in your case, you started reading, you started listening to these podcasts and whatnot. Did you fall in love with it immediately? Or was it kind of like, all right, I'm forcing myself to do this again. <laughs> no, I actually did fall in love with it immediately, which, which surprises some people. And it also surprises me. I mean, I went from, you couldn't pay me to read a book to this is my entire personality almost overnight. And I think I had just built up such a resistance to it that once I let that go and I sort of surrendered to it, uh, I was so excited by the things that I was reading. And I, I already had this insatiable curiosity. I was just applying it to other areas of my life. Once I put it into the world of personal development and optimizing my health, my fitness, my diet, you know, my personal finance, my business, my communication, my mindset, I just fell in love. So I went from a non-reader to a, to a reader almost overnight. And this podcast is about destroying limiting beliefs. I mean, in Limitless by Jim Quick, one of my favorite books, he says, I am are the two most powerful words in the English language. So I am not good enough versus I am good enough. Two completely different sets of beliefs. One is limiting, one is unlimited. And what I did very early on was I bought a Barnes & Noble membership card. Because I said, what would a reader do? A reader would have a membership card. And I carried, a, carried it around with me in my wallet all the time. And so even if I was at the bar my senior year of college and I pulled out my wallet, there's my Barnes & Noble membership card. I could talk to people about books. It's a great conversation starter. <laughs> so yeah, for me, it happened overnight. But I also know that's not realistic for everybody listening. So small steps in the right direction. Like you mentioned, I think that's the way that it could work for most people. You build consistency and passion can develop as a result of forcing yourself to do the activity for a little while. Definitely. Um, just a little side note. Did you meet your wife any way related to reading? No, but that would have been funny. Um, I met I, I'm just picturing you at the bar. You, you, <laughs> I'm just picturing you whip out this Barnes and Nobles card and boom, love at first sight, right? <laughs> that would have been pretty funny. <laughs> Now, now I'm thinking about it. I probably should have used a book pickup line or something. <laughs> oh yeah. No, that's awesome. So, uh, for anyone out there, Nick, who is a little bit more hesitant to start reading and guys, like I'm speaking from personal experience. I used to hate it. I thought it was so boring. My mind would just wander and wander. What's the easiest way to get started? And not everyone, I will put this plug in as well. Not everyone will be like Nick where the second you pick up a book, you're going to love it. I mean, you're probably just like going to the gym and you're going to be sore for a while working out your brain muscles reading again. But how do you get started? What's what kept you going? I'll say that sometimes as human beings, we think that our problems are unique to us, right? That we're the only person that's dealing with this unique uh, situation or circumstance and that nobody else can help us overcome it. But the fact is over a hundred billion people have lived before us. Millions of them have written books and thousands of those books detail how somebody else overcame the same or very similar, the same problem that you're dealing with today. So books solve problems. That's how I like to start off. So if you're listening today and you're thinking about just getting into this, what's a problem that you're dealing with on a daily basis that you just can't solve? It could be 
related to your health, your personal finances, your business, your relationships, or anything in between. Think about that for a little bit. Take stock, a personal inventory. Think about what's a problem that you just can't get rid of. And then here's the kicker. Here's the math that gets a little bit scary. If you don't get rid of that problem over the next 30 years, so 365 times 30, you will deal with that problem 11,000 more times if it happens on a daily basis. So why not invest $20 in a few hours of your time to read about how somebody else overcame that problem, apply their solution to your life, and remove the pain? That's how I think about starting with these books. Just like I did with the ego, just like I did with the communication, and just like I did with the personal finance piece. I read about the world's most effective people at those situations, applied their solutions to my life, removed the anxiety and the insecurities, and I found fulfillment and security as a, uh, sort of as a result. So I know I just said a lot. We can kind of pause there, but that would be the first question that I would ask yourself if, if you're just thinking about getting started. No, and I appreciate you bringing up application. That's something I wanted to ask you a little bit further into the podcast, but you kind of beat me to it. Application is everything. I mean, if you're reading, don't get me wrong. There's the books you want to read just for fun. You know, you got your fantasy books and it's just kind of exciting. Heck, I'm reading Lord of the Rings right now. Like that doesn't bring like a whole lot of value besides funness inside of funness isn't even a word, but it brings more fun <laughs> into my life. You know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, if you're getting into the self-improvement books, the financial books, um, his, historic books, like if you're not applying what you're reading, I don't know. You might have a different opinion than me, but I feel like if you're not actually applying what you're reading, there's kind of no point in reading it to begin with. If you're just sitting there passively reading, hearing somebody else's story and thinking, all right, that's cool. This happened to Nick. It's never going to happen to me. Or it's cool. Nick was able to overcome it, but I can't overcome it the exact same way as Nick. Like, I don't know. That just seems like it's kind of pointless to me. What are your thoughts? You know, just like you, I also read for entertainment sometimes, but if I am reading for application and choose not to apply, then I would say it is closer to entertainment than education, right? So you read Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, and if you don't apply anything, then it is just a form of entertainment like Lord of the Rings. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. And there's, there's space and room and time for both. But if you are reading to improve your life, which is uh, most of the reading that I'm doing, you have to set an intention for each book that you read. This is something that I teach inside of my book, Rise of the Reader. So every time I read a book, I set a SMART goal for the book. SMART is an acronym that stands for specific, measurable, attainable, meaning realistic, relevant, meaning you're emotionally connected to the goal. It's solving a problem and you can visualize yourself overcoming it. And T stands for time bound. So if I'm reading Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, I don't just jump into the book and hope that it changes my life. I set a SMART goal for the book, something like find and implement at least one strategy to improve my mental toughness, because David's the toughest guy on the planet, by the end of November. And so as I'm going through the book, I'm looking for that strategy to implement because it's not like I used to optimize for the number of books that I was reading per year, 52 books. Now I optimize for taking at least one piece of action from each book that I read instead. Because as Napoleon Hill says, action is the real measure of intelligence. You have to take action. And so when you set that goal, find and implement at least one way to improve my mental toughness by the end of November, you're sharing your goal with the book. You're telling your brain what to filter for. 
And as you're listening, because that's a great audio book, or as you're reading the physical book, the book will share that information back with you. We have this cool function of, in our brains called the reticular activating system, the RAS. It's like a filter. And so we're receiving the entire input of the book, but we're just filtering, like we're highlighting that action that we can take. And that's how I read. I read to take action. That's all I optimize for. That's awesome. I'm going to reach over here for anyone. Once again, I feel like you just really need to watch today's podcast. Everybody, if you're listening on Apple or something, switch over to YouTube for five minutes or Spotify. So if you could see here, I've got my copy. Like I said, I'm rereading Rich Dad, Poor Dad right now. Um, third time going. And what Nick's saying about taking action with your books is 100% true. I don't know how well you could see this on, on here, but like my book is completely falling apart. I've had to re-glue it twice now. Um, all throughout it, you just got random little underlying sections. I have my notes to myself. Like if you're not taking the action that goes along with your reading process, then there's no point in actually getting it. And odds are you're going to forget it. That's why I take it. It's fun when I'm going back and rereading my books because I'm like, what was I thinking to myself six months ago, a year ago, three years ago? Where was I kind of at? And I'm, it's fun. I, I first read it two years ago and I'm going back and I'm rereading some of these notes. I'm like, what was I thinking? How did I not realize that back then? But it's because I kind of went through this process that I'm actually able to understand it now, which is super fun. But Nick, yeah, and um, there, oh, go ahead. Just go ahead. on that real quick there, I think it's a Buddhist saying, but like you never step in the same river twice. And the idea is that not only has the river changed, right? The actual water is different, but you've changed as well. And so I would say you've never read the same book twice because you've changed, you've grown, you're applying a different perspective, a different set of lenses to the book, right? And the book has changed for you. So yeah, I'd argue that you've never read the same book twice. Every time I've read re uh, Rich Dad Poor Every time I've reread Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, I find something totally different or I see something from a totally new perspective. T tell me that quote again. That was nice. I've never heard that one. Yeah. I, I think it's something like, you'll never step in the same river twice. I'll never step in the same river twice. I like that. I've never heard because that. Because the river good, has changed one. and so have you or something like yeah. that. Yeah. No, that's cool. I'll have to look into that one a little bit more. I like that. Um, Nick, I want to ask you though, this is something we brought up at the very beginning. Uh, we haven't quite answered it yet. You said you have a mixed opinion on audiobooks. I want to hear that. Well, 80% of the inputs to our brain are visual. 80%. So by default, the other senses only make up the remaining 20. So if you're only listening to something, it's harder to form a connection. It's harder to strengthen that neural connection to the information that's stored in your brain by default. And... Most of the time when we're listening to a book, we're multitasking. We're in the car, we're on a run, we're at the gym, we're doing chores, we're working, whatever the case is. Now, I don't hate audiobooks. I probably listen to and complete 25 or 30 audiobooks a year. So I love audiobooks, but by default, you're at a disadvantage if you're only listening to the information. Whereas if you're reading a physical paper book, you're monotasking and you're leveraging the visual input to your brain, which is the strongest as far as developing a relationship to information. Now, monotasking is focusing on one thing at a time. So if you've got a physical paper book and a pen or a highlighter in your hand and you're not focused on anything else, again, you're setting yourself up for success. You're far more likely to retain the information and to develop a relationship and then take action with it too. No, that's, that's a good point. 
I definitely love audiobooks, but you kind of called me out on that one. I think I love them because a lot of the time I'll be doing something else while listening. Um, yeah, that's a very good point. I'm picturing a couple of the times in my life, like every morning I listen to a podcast or a book while I work out. Um, I still do my physical reading every day just because I'm on that 75 hard journey right now. So I have to nice. read out of my physical book. And it, it's taught me quite a bit because, I mean, this is the third book I've read since 75 hard started. And out of the other two, they honestly weren't my favorite books, but I think I did get more out of them because I didn't enjoy them very much. If I was listening to them on audiobook, I feel like my mind would have been wandering now that you point that out. So thank you. Yeah. And I love to listen to biographies or autobiographies because they play more like a story in your head. A book like Living with the Seal, Living with a Seal by Jesse Itzler. It's about comedy, having a good time. Yes, there are hardcore personal development lessons in there, but you can get by listening to the book and take a few things out of it. But a book like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I think is far more effective to physically read the book than just listen to it. Oh, and, I totally uh, agree. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, 75 Hard, I've finished a couple of times. I do it. Now I'm in a space where I start every January and uh, I love that program. And I'm so happy that it includes reading. Oh yeah, it's it's one of the most important factors because like I said before this, I hadn't read out of a physical book in probably about six months, I want to say. Besides, I guess like my scriptures and whatnot to make sure I'm mm -hmm. keeping up with God there. But um, out of a physical book, I'm generally just listening to it. But yeah, like I said, 75 Hard gave me a new appreciation for reading out of the physical book. It's nice. What day um, are you on? Dude, I am actually on 64, 65 right now. I have to look at my Long calendar. Stretch. But yeah, I got like t uh, just over 10 days or exactly 10 days, depending. I got to look what day I'm on. Yeah. Well, you it's seem pretty disciplined and you're this far in, so you'll oh, crush yeah. it. I'm not too worried. I uh, The fun thing about doing 75 hard, um, I've mentioned this on the podcast, so anyone's kind of taking a break from the reading for a second. But when I first started, there was a group of about 17 of us. One of my buddies, he, he made this mass group text and this kind of all random. And he goes, hey, all of us, we need to do 75 hard together completely random, but I was already planning on doing it. I've been talking about it with my wife for like two weeks. And I was like, okay, I'm a believer in kind of getting things prepared. You don't want to prepare for too long where you psych yourself out of it or it never actually happens, but prepare yourself enough to get started and then learn as you go. Mm -hmm. So he texts us. I'm like, okay, I was already planning. I'll do it a couple days earlier than I was expecting. So I start and I told him once I start, I'm never going to stop. And so we're almost done. I'm the only one standing in the group still, which is awesome. Oh, that is awesome. I started with my team this past January, and I think I was the only person that stuck with it all the way. This time. Dude, it's tough. Uh, actually, yeah, no, one other person on our team did. But yeah, it is tough. It's not easy, that consistency. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this too, Nick. Um, I mean, we've talked a lot about reading the importance of it and whatnot, how people can get started some of the application that comes from it. Where do people go if they're not really sure how to jump into reading in the sense like what kind of books do they choose? How do they get started? Like your Barnes and Nobles card, I don't know how applicable that is to a lot of people, you know? What would you do if you're just getting started on the journey? Who would you like to be five years from now? And what's the difference between where that person is and where you are today? Are there any skill gaps? And if so... What books could help you overcome that skill gap and develop that skill? And then I talk, you know, there are a whole list of questions in the book. And then I talk about, okay, how do you go out and find that book? I think that leveraging mentors is a great place to start. 
a good mentor for me is somebody who has done what you're looking to do, has done it very well, and has also helped other people get there. Not every doer is a good teacher. So you want to make sure that your mentor has also helped other people successfully get where you're going. Business mentor, health mentor, relationship mentor, doesn't matter. And sometimes those people have great book recommendations for us because they understand our situation from a third-party perspective, and that could give them a little bit more clarity. They understand the journey from a, a higher perspective. Um, and then if you're just doing your own research, I think Amazon is the best place to go. They have the most books and the most reviews. And so here's a little tip for everybody. When you're looking at Amazon reviews, the more reviews, the better, because it's really hard to sell books. And the books with the most reviews, that means that there's been word of mouth momentum and virality. Like people read the book and they recommend it just like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That book has sold over 35 million copies. People recommend it because it's a good book. But here's the kicker. When you're in the review section, I say, toss out the one and two star reviews and also toss out the five star reviews. Those are typically written from a place of emotion, not logic. And so you want to ditch those and you want to go to the three or four star reviews. Typically, you'll see something like, here's what I expected versus here's what I learned. Or, you know, I really enjoyed the book, but, and that's where you're going to find the gold. So check the three and four star reviews on the books with the most ratings related to the subject that you want to read about. And I think that's how you start. Dude, that is awesome. I love that advice. I take the same principle with literally any restaurant I go to, anything. You can't listen to those five stars. You can't listen to the one star. So perfect. Yes. Um, and Nick, we're just about that time where we wrap up today's episode of the Get Over Yourself podcast. But before we do, I want to ask you a question that I ask all my guests on the show. And it's this. If you were able to speak to the entire world, everyone could hear and understand you in this moment, what would be the one piece of advice you would offer them? And why would that be? I would say life doesn't have to be so hard. Billions of people have lived before us. They've figured it out in every aspect of our reality. And for $20 in a few hours of our time, we can solve those problems and live a better life, period. Perfect. Love it, Nick. Thank you so much for the conversation today, man. Hey, and by the way, um, where can people check you out on social media, the website, your company, your book, whatever? In our bio, there are links to everything else that I've got going on. Heck yeah, perfect. Well, thanks, Nick. I'm going to also add your Instagram and everything in the description of today's episode. So if anyone is having trouble finding him for whatever reason, just check, check the description down below. But guys, awesome. everyone who listened to today's episode slash watched on your various streaming platforms, I appreciate it. It would mean the world to me if you left a positive review, subscribed, liked, followed, all the above. You guys are the best marketing I have out there so we can continue to grow the show. More importantly, if you, anything in today's conversation touched you, or you know something that me or Nick said was able to touch somebody inside of life, a friend, a family member, anyone who you personally think, wow, they need to hear this, send it to them. It's the best way I can grow the show, and I appreciate the help that I get for it. And guys, at the end of the day, just remember it'll all be okay. Just take a step back and start learning how to read and get excited with the journey.